0: I think the people who enjoy it are really going to enjoy it.
1: So i uh.
0: Welcome to the always air conditioned, never cramping Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin along with Liberty Baller's own Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Hey, Spike. How are you?
1: I'm good, man. What's is, this, is this the first one we've done since I saw you in person?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you feeling about that? You still affected by it? Or are you? Uh, yeah, I fully miss, recovered.
1: I'm, I'm, I miss uh, not being able to touch you.
0: Yeah, you did touch me in a really sure. weird way. Yeah, right. Before I. Doing? Before I get to our topics for the day, I'd love to mention our weekly sponsor for the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, ValerieDShop.com. Need fairly inexpensively priced jewelry for your girlfriend, wife, aunt, cousin, mother, daughter? ValerieDShop.com is where you get it. Get all of your Chloe and Isabel jewelry from ValerieDShop.com. Make sure Spike's fiance is a happy person. <laughs> buy your jewelry from ValerieDShop.com. You want your girlfriend to look like my girlfriend? Then go to ValerieDShop.com. All right. Wow. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so you, you,
1: I just wanted to sold out. You know
0: what? I just wanted to honestly. I don't. I don't see the scent of this. Come on. I I tried to secretly buy jewelry. Um. And I didn't even know what I was going to do with it. Just so. I want her to be successful in her venture. You know, we have a successful podcast. I want her to have a successful jewelry website. All right. Coming up on the show, we will discuss the millions and millions of mock drafts on the internet. We'll discuss Doug Collins' rapping and how you sort of sold out. We'll discuss Phil Jackson's (laughs) desire to buy second round picks. The Sixers' decision to have 76 draft parties. Maybe a little Chandler Parsons in there. But to start it off, I think, you know, there's always the situation in drafts, and especially now in internet time, because I I feel like we learn about these things as they're happening, as guys start to like shoot up the board. You know what I mean? Guys that it's always the most interesting thing now because. They shoot up the board, and this happens with every draft. It, well, especially NFL and NBA, I feel like, because those are the most publicized. But guys that, you know, nothing is happening, and they're shooting up the board. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. There's, there's no games being played. And one of those guys that I think we thought was a possibility at 10 has now become like a realistic top three guy. Um, this guy Blark from Croatia. seven yeah. seven six, which I think will probably give people a lot of pause in philadelphia given the uh, seven foot six history but uh-huh. um it looks like it's gone from a situation in which it looked like he might not be there he might be there at 10 or they might take a chance on him at 10 to where i don't know if he's going to even be there at three
1: yeah he might not drop um i could certainly think, i don't know if the Cavs will take him at one but i think he really fills the need in milwaukee and uh I, th- I think he goes, I-, I don't think he falls to three. That's, that's, you know, it's tough to call because he was, you know, such a, maybe an unknown prospect just a few weeks ago. But, um, if he falls to three for the Sixers, I think they'll be lucky. Um, there's a, you just don't get, you don't see the kind of talent and versatility from a guy like Blark that this year that you, you see in another year. It's, it's, uh, I think he, he's so
0: unique. Yeah, and and it's funny because you talk about it's funny when 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 people discuss the notion of drafting Embiid. There's the whole does he fit with Noel question, which is a, a legit thing to bring up. And you think about a guy that's seven six, and obviously that question comes up again. But yeah. I feel like Blark, the, the way he. You know, there's there's very little video that we've seen. It's sort of even less than Exum, but the way he projects, I don't like. It's like he's a three. You know what I mean? Like he's he's um he's got a. I'm not saying he's a point guard, but he's got an actual handle. He shoots thirty nine forty percent from three on a legit number of attempts. I don't think he's a. This isn't a center. You know what I mean? Like he's seven six, but this isn't this isn't a guy that's going to play center for you.
1: No, you can you can flat block right into the three. Um, I don't think he, he creates any sort of, uh, log jam in the front court with, uh, with Noel. Uh, I think you slide him into the three and, uh, you know, he's a little, he's a little weak, um, defensively, uh, just because he can get pushed around because he's so skinny. Um, but he moves his seat well. Uh, he's long. He can stay in front of a guy just by, just by, you know, stretching his arms out. Uh, But really, where where he succeeds is is in transition. Uh, He's crafty. He's a little slow, but like crafty.
0: Um, It's almost like I I never saw video of, what's his name, Sabonis when he was younger, but the way that they they talked about him, it almost feels like he's sort of a more athletic version of that. You know what I mean? And 18 years old, being this tall at 18 years old, you know he they've so said, yeah. He, I mean, he could have four inches left. Right. You know. Um, now, a couple of the the questions about him. Of course, he signed to a professional team out there, so it's oh. going to take a buyout. Do you think, assuming he goes top three, you think he comes over here? Yes.
1: Um. You know, I don't know. I think I think some teams may have to wait for him um, yeah. because he likes living over there. Uh he's got a he's got a, a strong family over there. Um and it would be it'd be tough at eighteen to, to move all the way over here, but uh I think it'll come where the playing time is. Yeah. And if the Sixers can be like, We we want you to come over now, Blark, we want you to start for us. Thirty minutes a game, run the offense from the three, really make a difference. I think that'll be tougher than to say no.
0: Well And that's why I guess he's more realistic at two than one because Cleveland's still in this weird spot. I still feel like they're gonna trade that pick, and uh mm-hmm. you know, did you see there was a rumor maybe it was just one night that there was the number one pick for Joe Kim Noah somehow was that that was like a thing for a couple of hours, wasn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, I feel like people are just scanning the roster of NBA players and being like, well, maybe him
0: yeah. Right? Well, and you know, it's crazy if you're them and and you're in a position where, you know, where if, if you're, if you're not buying Parker, right, if you're not buying Parker at one, and so that makes naturally Embiid or Wiggins the first pick and they want to compete now. I honestly don't know that that's even a, honestly, the the real question I have with Noah is he's played so many minutes and he's had the plantar fasciitis and all that, but I really feel like Cleveland ends up trading that pick. Um, now, I guess the question is, if you're the Sixers and Cleveland, you know, we've discussed and we'll discuss it again, the notion of trading up from three to one, do you trade up to get Blark at this point or do you just wait to see what happens and, and stay at three? Because you've been pretty pretty steady with your let's stay at three, you know, we'll yeah. take whoever's left. Do you, right. do you feel the yeah, same I now? About, I
1: wrote about the other, I wrote about the other day and I think writing about it sort of changed my opinion a little I'd still prefer to stay at three because I think one of Wiggins Embiid or Block will fall so I for me it's like it's almost I don't have a preference between the three of them because they're all they're all so talented right um and I'd rather not move our tenth pick or uh even Fad uh, although I think if it was, if it was Fad and three for one, I'd be like, okay, let's do it. Fine. That's, I mean, I, I still will disagree about what we can get for Fad for years. But, um, if it was Fad and three for one, we get to keep 10, then I'd be like, all right, fine. I think you get your guy, whoever it is, get him. Let's go. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that that would go through, I guess. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a unique situation. I think that'll end up being traded to a better team that like could use them next year. And I don't know if Cleveland is that team. I don't think it is. In fact, um, but the interesting thing for me, the interesting thing about Blark is the government's still releasing his tapes. You know, right? They're not they're 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 withholding uh, because of international law. That we we really haven't seen him play enough to to get a good handle on, you know, how does he fare against competition? We've seen him in like the under fifteen league right. a couple of years ago, so we have to assume how much he's proger- progressed since then. We just have how tall he is now. He grew, he's grown eight inches in the last three years. So I uh, the interesting thing for me, and the thing you got to understand about Blark, because I know you've seen the tapes. Right. We've all seen the, we've all seen the tapes that are public
0: at this point. Yeah.
1: Yeah, at this point, but there's more. Right. So what's really gonna be important is the interviews. And when when the Hinky can sit down with Blark and get a sense of who he is as a person and who his friends are and what he what how how much he understands the game because his basketball IQ reportedly is not great. But that was from fifteen, so we don't know if he's been gotten smarter since then. We're just not sure. The the upside is so tremendous. But it's it really depends on what, between now and June 26th, what the government releases tape-wise for us to see.
0: Right. Well, and just so, you know, you know we've been working on an interview from a, you know, a, a guy who's a, a, at least, you know, we have, there's a few guys that have followed his career out there, there's obviously yeah. a language barrier, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's going to work for the pod. We might, you know, end up sending him questions and then right. sort of getting a translation back, and maybe we can get some more information. But um, as of now, that's where we stand with it. It does look like they won't get. And here's the good thing: it sort of increases the chance that Sixers end up with Embiid or or Wiggins if Blark goes one or two. Sure. Um, but it does add. There is a, an entire new dynamic to all of this, which I, I which this is introduced. So again, we'll we'll look for more. Uh, and apparently, the other thing I, I was, I've I've gone back and forth with e- the guy's email. The guy's English is sort of like it's broken, but at least he understands. But I've gone back and forth with him. Apparently, Blark is a bit of a like a character, and I, it was funny. Like he doesn't for anyone who is in Philadelphia. I don't know how many people. You know, I, I know we have listeners from different spots, but if you're in Philadelphia and you sort of know the, you know, what John Doran Boss is, you know, like the mm-hmm. doing the the magic stuff and likes to be in the public eye, but not in a bad way, not like you know, not out in the club kind of guy, but just a guy right. that that likes the attention, likes being in the public eye, sort of has that sense of humor, and that you know the the. Croatian reporter didn't really understand that Dorambas reference, but it feels like that's the sort of guy that he is too and i I feel like that the Sixers could use something like that you know they haven't had a there's been no you know there's been no uh mascot in three years and you know mm-hmm. a guy with that real personality it feels like Noel has a, a great personality too maybe this yeah. guy fits in you know maybe he becomes a you know a guy that even stays here after his career so maybe yeah, i'm getting I mean, ahead of myself I but
1: think, i think it's I think like farvian even, like sort of just like jokey, like uh, slapping people's butts. Right,
0: like, right. Sort of, like
1: right. really in the, in the locker room, like a good cousin in the locker room. And I don't want to like, listen, we can talk about Blark all day. Right. But I don't want to get my hopes up too much because, I mean, the odds of him going one or two are like are so strong. Right. But I'm now starting to think like what, like Tony Roden slapping the hardwood, like Blark slapping the backboard, like that's all I want. That's like I'm ready for the playoffs with that team. Like I'm ready for that team. But I, it might not happen. So I mean, maybe you got to trade up for him. But I don't know. I don't want to get, I don't want to get too excited about Bark as a Sixer.
0: So speaking of playoffs, do you want to do? Because did you watch last night? Did you see it last night? Did, I did. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about that, or do you want to talk about the rest of the draft Sixers-y stuff? What do you want to do first?
1: Uh we can talk about playoffs for a couple seconds.
0: Yeah, at least a couple seconds. The, um, yeah,
1: this is a basketball podcast after
0: all. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought the game in general lived up to what we thought the series was gonna be. I yeah. all I can take from that is we all know how important LeBron James is, but yep. it's it if the Heat win, he's just gotta be he's gotta be brilliant. Like I, I just don't I don't feel like the Heat have at all, what it, you know what I mean? Like, if he's not winning it for them, I I don't know that there's there's any chance that they're going to win this series if it's not him. Well,
1: he certainly has to be on the court.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um And for uh, I don't do we even we don't even really need to discuss the difference. Like cramps are not voluntary, you know. Like no, if you no. if you're I it's funny I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast, but my my brother and I ran the Chicago Marathon once and it was unusually hot. If you Google it, I think it was 07 or something like that. And it was like 88 or 90 degrees in mid-October in Chicago. They ran out of Gatorade. They ran out of water. They actually shut the race down three or four hours into it. And my brother finished the race and we're in the cab on the way back and his body just like his legs like sort of, I guess, seized like from the, the cramping and he yeah. couldn't get out of the cab his legs oh like God. his legs were underneath the seat in front of him you know and they just like they went straight and up and he couldn't get him out we eventually had to uh call an ambulance after Jesus. i got him up to my apartment yeah and we have a picture of him in the uh in the er and they were iving him um like not just fluids but you know like salt as well because he yeah. uh, his body cramped up like that that's yeah, not like a you know, it's not even like an "I have a headache" thing. It's a uh, no. You know, so I think anyone I would, who is interested in basketball enough to listen to this is beyond the LeBron doesn't have what it takes argument.
1: Yeah, I but, don't think we have to argue against anybody that's listening to this podcast, right. unless David Aldridge is
0: listening. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, David. Um but it is sort of embarrassing, the air conditioning thing. I mean, that's that's crazy. I guess it was almost 90 degrees at some point last night. Yeah, time,
1: which is really rough. I mean, yeah. listen, people play outside, that's hot, whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. To be inside it at, like, 90 degrees is a different animal. It's just, like, a different feeling. It's, it's hard to... It's, like, thick. It's a thick... It probably smells bad in
0: there. Like, it's rough. Well, it's also... It's the NBA Finals. Like, you're competing yes. at a level, you know what I mean, yeah. that we're... And I think where you're sort of used to a certain degree of, you know, a, a little, climate degree of comfort. A
1: certain degree, an yeah. actual certain degree. Yes, of, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Do you think, did you make a, a lame prediction before and, and have one now? Or did you, I say lame I didn't. because they all are. Did, did you make one? Did, who did you think would win?
1: I, I used Seven. Okay. I had that. I, we, we, we meant to like write something about it, but Liberty Ballers hasn't written a non-draft article. In like a month and a half.
0: Right, right. right. Like it's
1: just yeah, uh, we've not the Sixers may not may not even be like an entity anymore. It's just a draft. Uh but Spurs and seven. Who you got?
0: Uh, I, I said because I felt like everybody was saying Spurs and seven, I said Miami and five. Um but I don't like I don't Aldi. know. I don't know. I, I at this point, um, I just think it's gonna be really difficult for the Heat to win. At this now, I my, my prediction was Heat, but I I think I've probably changed it at this point. Unless no,
1: I mean listen, LeBron is still the best player in the series, yeah, so So yeah. Heat are still favored.
0: Yeah, and should be. Well, the, they were and never better, actually. Like, the Spurs were favored. The Spurs were minus one fifteen or minus one twenty five favorites.
1: Well, actually. I think they should be. The, the Heat are favored in like maybe not Vegas, but like the world. The world, like right, if right, have, right? If you have the best player, you're probably going to win. Right? They'll think the Heat probably will win, and I, I just want the Spurs to win, and I want them to go seven, so I'm um, saying,
0: Um the There have been a lot of, a lot of mock drafts, and the Sixers get everyone in the mock drafts. <laughs> they get Wiggins in some mock drafts, they get uh, Parker. Parker, yeah, I would yeah. say probably 60% Parker, would, I, yeah. I think it's right around 60% Parker. Matt sure. Moore, I think just, spitballing, had yeah. Noah Von Ley going he three.
1: He knew it, too. He knew it was bad. He, 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 he tweeted at me and was like, hey, don't kill me. And it's like, all right, well, if Hinkie loves Von Ley, then sure, okay. But he's not taking him at three. He'd trade down to five. Like, it's just, he's Hinkie's not going to reach for Von Ley at, at, at three, I
0: don't think. Well, and on top of that, when you're doing these mock drafts, you can't, you can't do trades. So you, right. you sort of have to, you can, but you, it's it's a it's an even more meaningless exercise than a mock draft. So on some level, you're just saying if everything stays static, and what if they like him? There's no way they're taking him at three, yeah?
1: Yeah, no, no, um, I I really don't think it hasn't been my opinion all the time. Um, there could could one of the guys outside of top four become a superstar in this league? Of course, Kobe. Dirk, Paul George, Tony Parker, Paul Pierce. Plenty of people outside of the top whatever have become superstars drafted later. But the idea is to get the guys with the best chance. And, and from my eyes, and it seems like the national consensus, the, the, the superstar potential outside of the top four is uh, significantly less. So the fact that the Sixers landed in the top four and can pull from one of those two guys that falls is for me an opportunity that, that they shouldn't and won't pass up. And I think, I think it's going to be Wiggins. I've, I've, can not, I think it's going to happen. Like we, we talked about this last time and like, and I the, think it's going to happen. There's you been like, some hey, momentum too. Do you too. really think it's going to happen? Or yeah. do you think it's like, you do want it to happen? And the answer is both. But, I really think that it's going to go Embiid Parker Wiggins. And that happened in a, in a mock draft, uh, that I was a part of, uh, for a, a radio station in Salt Lake City. Um, Conrad of Field the Sword picked Embiid for the Cavs. Frank Madden of Brew Hoop picked Jabari for the Bucks. And I, uh, skipped, skipped down the street and picked, uh, Wiggins for, uh, Uh, It was the easiest pick of all time, and um, I think it's going to happen. I really think that's how it's going to go down.
0: I think what worries me is that it went from our sort of, eh, well, that would be fun dream to, like, now it feels like there's public momentum for that to happen, and that makes me nervous in that it feels like, you know, as we've discussed ad nauseum, and we don't need to further discuss, but any information coming out of the Sixers camp feels like, at least, at the very best, not full information. At the least, yeah. at, at the worst, super deceptive. But at yeah. the very best, you know, not full information and not coming from Sam Hankey. So, no, what, what makes... Not, it...
1: I just don't... I, it's not going to... Like, the Sixers could, like... We're going to be fucking shocked by something that happens on draft night. Yes. Something that happens is something no one's talked about. We're gonna move the team to Albuquerque or something. I don't know. But
0: On draft night. What a fucking night, middle finger to Philadelphia.
1: Philadelphia to New Mexico.
0: <laughs> Can and you like, imagine? Yeah. On draft night, they just up and leave <laughs> art model <laughs> style in the middle of the night and announce yeah. that the tractor trailers are on their way to Albuquerque.
1: <laughs> and they also have drafted Robert Tractor Trailer.
0: Yes. Um, and all seventy six so yeah, so all seventy six Sixers watching parties realize that their <laughs> T shirts are covered in anthrax, and like the, the, the Sixers are just giving this monstrous middle finger to Philadelphia. It's
1: like, uh, it's like the end of Godfather Two. Yeah, like that 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 that
0: that yeah, so, yeah, and the, I think the uh, the mock drafts are fun, at least. You know, yeah. I, I think it's it's more interesting for me... It's more exciting to discuss the the top five, but it's more interesting to see all of the different people that the Sixers are picking at 10. And for what it's worth, I don't think they're going to pick at 10. One way or another, I think they're moving up or moving down or something. But I
1: hope so. Because, yeah. Because I... The more that... It, I don't know, I could be getting swayed by the mock drafts and specifically the Liberty Ballers mock draft, which played out in a way that, that I think is actually how it's gonna go. Um
0: well, ex- which, oh, not, well, Except for Parker. Parker, right.
1: Parker, yeah, except for Parker. I think I don't think it's gonna happen. But um I think the top eight are the top eight and uh and it's getting harder for me to see somebody jumping in there. I think, I mean, it could happen because, you know, you get a, a group think of like, okay, well, here's it. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, Tristan Thompson went for where Where'd that come from? That kind of thing. Um, it happens. someone people like random people and all of a sudden, Doug McDermott is the sixth pick. That kind of thing. Um, but at this point, it looks like one of those power forwards, Von Leigh, Gordon, Randall, won't fall. Sarek could, and he did in the Sixers mock draft, but in our mock draft, I mean. Um, but I think you really, let's talk, can we talk like best player available versus fit for a little bit? Yeah, cool. sure. Um, I, I've been saying this the whole time. The person you get at three has a tremendous effect on who you get at 10. You can't just blindly pick the guy at the top of your list and like hand them and and slide it in. It doesn't work like that. You, if they pick Jabari at three, they can't pick like Dario Saric at ten or uh-huh. Doug McDermott, which who they can't pick anyway.
0: Yeah, but they certainly that's can't pick Parker. That. that that was a a fun argument I had. With it. There's an intern in here. Actually, the intern's name is Brett, which is funny because that's my real name. But he said I something know. about like. Parker and McDermott. And I like, I yelled and I was like, do you want the slowest, fattest team in the NBA? Like, like, McDermott's not even fat, but, but still, neither is Jabari Parker for that matter. But come on. Like, yeah.
1: They have to be like a fluid thing. People are like, okay. And like, I see the argument for sure. I'm not going to dismiss it. Of -hmm. the idea of like, you just get the best players. The Sixers aren't at a point where they can think about fit. They get the best players and that's it. And like, on the one hand, I agree. But the way that the draft is layered is in tiers, and that's how teams use it. So if the Sixers have, you know, if the Sixers have Darius Sark so much higher than everybody else, then, yeah, they'll take him no matter what, if, depending on who they get a three or whoever, whatever. But it's best for the franchise if you get two guys to add to the core of MCW and Noel and I, I don't think that the, that that would theoretically limit us to. Someone was concerned on Liberty Ballers that it was like, okay, well, that then if you're thinking about fit this early, then you're a 45 win team, and that's it. I see that. But at 10, you're there's not there's not going to be anybody with the exception of maybe like Gordon or Randall who falls that's so much higher than anybody else. Right. It's going to be like here's all the guys we got this so. So people were objecting. Matt Carey picked Gary Harris at ten, and he picked him over, over Sarek Um and mm-hmm. over Zach Levine. And uh, I think there's there's become this idea that like I think I think he think he's going to move down also um, because that's the way it's going to shake out. But don't expect like two superstars from three and ten. It's just not, it's, you want to get, you get your superstar at three, or the guy who you hope is a superstar. And then at ten, you want someone that complements what you already have. You have to assume, and not, without, without, you know, risking too much, you have to assume that the guy you get at three is your superstar, and then you're building around him. So, you have to assume, okay, the third pick comes, we get whoever it is, if it's Exum, if it's Parker, if it's Wiggins, then there's your guy on your team. There's the guy. And then you, and then MCW and Noel are already good compliments for pretty much anybody they will get there, I think. Um, as like the second and third best guys. And then at 10, you want to get like the third or fourth best guy on your team. And I think that could be, I think Gary Harris, well, I mean, if you evaluate Gary Harris differently, then, then fine. But the idea of Gary Harris is, a defensive-minded two-guard that won't take up possessions offensively and just hit shots and be reasonably athletic and just do – like I, I think he's just a 10-year starter in the NBA. Like, And, and if, if you don't think that, that's, then that's fine. Then we can evaluate Gary Harris definitely, and that's okay. But the idea of Gary Harris, which is a very solid role-playing, not a liability on either end of the court in any respect – two guard next to NCW is, is essentially perfect. That's the idea of him. So I think there was a lot of blowback on Liberty Ballers when Matt made the Gary Harris pick um, of like, no, he's got no upside. Let's pick Zach Levine. And it's like, you can't just go upside. Yeah. Blindly go upside.
0: Is Zach Levine's a guy that like, what's that? Yeah. He goes. Yeah. He's just, there's guys that seem like, and Vonley's one guy, it, it just seems like too much upside and not enough like there right now. Yeah. And not, I'm not talking about Vonley at 10. I'm talking about like at 3. If if yeah. you're talking about a guy that you're projecting to be a superstar, well, all the other guys in that sort of range have been like really good somewhere. If Vonley, yeah. I, I look at college, I'm like, well, I, I can't project him as a superstar there. But no. Z, Zach Levine is a guy that just... It looks like his YouTube video is awesome, but I look at the reality of him, and I'm just like, wow, you're really gambling on something there. You know what I mean? Like, you are yeah. It really seems like it's all or nothing.
1: Which is a great O-Town song,
0: <laughs> there you
1: go. but not necessarily a great draft strategy. There you go. Wow. Can we end the podcast there? <laughs> Maybe we're done.
0: I like Stauskis.
1: Um, It's amazing how Prospect's just like what you said earlier about like, yeah, people just go up the boards and down the boards, yeah, and, like, yeah nothing's yeah. really happening. Yeah, well, Nasdaq was was high earlier, and then it was like, nah, fuck Nasdaq, and he's been down. And then in the last couple of weeks, it's been like, okay, he's coming back up, and it's like, what? Nothing's happening.
0: Well, I can and tell nothing you, nothing for...
1: happening at all. But like, people are just getting excited about, you know, time just changes things.
0: Well, and I also tell you, for me specifically, for me, I agree with you in general as a theory. For me, it's just now is when I become f- familiar with these guys. Like, I'm just... Yeah. All I knew about Stauskas was his white guy. Like, that's all I had. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I really... I, I don't... And Which is hilarious. And you laugh, but everybody mentions him in the same breath as McDermott. And it's because they're both white guys. Like, I know they're both good shooters, but they, mm-hmm. they don't seem like similar players at all to me. Like, no, they're not. One they're is an actual p- player who has a position, and one is, you know... Somebody told me yesterday was Doug McDermott's a stretch four. I'm like, well, to be a stretch four, you also have to be a four. Like you can't just be the stretch part of stretch yeah. four. Like you, he's six six. Yeah, he's he's not a stretch four. So and he's not whatever. But um, but for me, it just becomes like, oh, I watched some of Salskis, and I'm like, oh, I sort of like him. You know, he looks like a two guard to me. He plays like a two guard. So
1: yeah, no, he is. And and I I think. Um, defensively you have your concerns because he's not that strong and he's not that uh, long and I, other things that run. Um,
0: not that down to get the friction on?
1: Yeah, exactly. That is <laughs> <Nice> work. Um, <laughs> that's music spike coming back. Um, but, I mean, there's not really more of a perfect offensive compliment to a theoretical MCW Wiggins Noel than right. Stauskas. Um because he, cause he can, you know. Last year you saw it a little bit. Red Brown played MCW off the ball and like got him running around screens and uh, like going to the post a little bit. And if that helps happen, then Stafford can run the offense a little. Like he can for sure do that. That's that is what he did at Michigan uh, a bunch of times. And uh, and to, to to paint him as like just a just a shooter is wrong. Like he, he's a playmaker. He can do a lot more offensively. Where the concern is is defense for
0: sure. Well, and I guess to that same end is I guess the the difference is in in defense because Reddick is a a good defender, but sort of like what Redick has become. Like Redick has been went from being a straight shooter to Reddick can can handle the ball now. I mean, he's become I think more complete player than um than he was when he when he got into the NBA. I don't know. Yeah, like I've, that I've that's sort of a like, guard. Guard.
1: like white guy to white guy comparison. Right, but it, but it feels legit. legit. Yeah, Reddick isn't a bad isn't a bad comparison for him, I
0: don't think. Um Okay, on to the list. The unless you had something else on the the first round, I thought Phil Jackson's comments about like buying one of our yeah,
1: it's really, really goofy, really
0: or, funny stuff. The, so. bu- well, m- more so just like the his like there's like there's there's like swagger and then there's like there's well, like, yeah,
1: they have a bunch of picks. They can't do them. They'll give us one.
0: Yeah, like... Well, you know, they'll give us one. Yeah, there's just sort of like that... But the, like then there's like dumb, unaware, like... Totally. Swag, like And this... I always thought it was going to be a disaster just because of like the ownership situation there. But the combination of Phil Jackson not knowing what he's doing, his nope. his dream, the dreamland that he lives in, and the New York combination, like somehow... The Knicks hired Phil Jackson and are in a worse situation than they were four months ago. I think
1: there's there's no team in sports in a worse situation than the Knicks.
0: It's terrible.
1: But, like every once in a while, just like look at their look at what draft picks they have this year. They have no draft picks. Next year they have a first round pick. The year after that, no draft picks. The next year, a first round pick. That's it. They have two first-round picks, two picks in general, in the next four drafts. The Sixers have seven picks in this draft. And not only that, because the, the Knicks can't trade them. They can't trade those picks. Well, and think about this. That's the stepping rule.
0: Think about this. They, their best case scenario, this is how bad a situation they're in. Their best bet is to give Carmelo Anthony $25 million a year.
1: That's, they have no, they have they have nothing. They they really just need to like chill the fuck out for like six years. Yeah, either that or or, like or be the around.
0: Astros. Yeah, like that that's those are the only two options but for them, really.
1: They're not even gonna be develop they have to like they're not even gonna be developing talent. No. They don't they don't have graphics because they freaking traded them all for nothing. It's amazing how if I if I wasn't if I was a writer for the Knicks or a Knicks blogger, I love Seth Rosenthal, folks who's a good friend of mine. But like I I'd quit. Like I, I couldn't do it. Like I, I couldn't do that. The thing that you get, you rally behind, is like prospects and young guys, and and like the theory of building up. Just like that's exciting. Even when the Sixers were awful for years, it was like I was, you know, I made myself excited about like most states. and like I, I could, like I could see whatever. Like I was excited for Herbert Hill and Derek Byers when they drafted in the second round. Like I still believe in Sam Clancy. Like those are like at least you have some draft picks. Like I got them. Like I'm rallying behind them. But the Knicks, it's going to be undrafted free agent. It's going to yeah. be like, it's going to be like Luke Hancock. That's that's the guy they're going to be hoping for. Can Luke Hancock make the team?
0: If I was Hinky, I would call up Jackson and just offer a second round pick for some like ridiculous price, like twenty two yeah. million dollars for a season. Yeah,
1: then, then maybe here's our, here's fifty four. Well, here's, here's the thing: the the Knicks really the only thing they have to trade. And I don't even know how it would work out because of how the Sixers is is working next year. I don't really understand. I don't know how it's going to work out trade wise. The Knicks can just offer like, hey, the right to switch first round picks. Right. So if Hinkie thinks in like you know 2017, the Knicks are going to be bad and the Sixers are going to be good, which is I think the truth. Um, then the Sixers can be like, hey, the right, will switch. We have the right to switch first round picks with you, but the problem is Orlando owns our pick by that point, so I don't oh, know how right. it worked out. I don't. I don't know. I, I think it's too like muddled because of like if then statements, basically. So I, I don't even know if that's possible. But the the right to switch first round picks is a possibility, and that that would be that would be the only thing I would be like, all right, yeah, then let's do
0: that. Do you think sure. Carmelo and Love both ending up in Houston is a realistic thing? No. No. Do you think Carmelo going to Miami is a realistic thing? No. No. Do you think he's just I
1: want I want I want Carmelo in Chicago.
0: But I think that's less realistic. Only because I just get the sense that he doesn't want to be in the middle of the country. You know, yeah, no, like, no. I
1: mean Chicago's it, like a Chicago's not Milwaukee.
0: I know I live there, but I'm I'm saying that that like his wife like, made sure they ended up in New York. That was it. it. I mean, if you remember correctly, it's not like he had it narrowed down to three cities. It was always, I'm going to New York. I just think, I think mostly, if I had to put my money on it, I think he stays in, in New York. I, I don't think yeah, he gives up $25 million, but no, but I, I just, I'm not buying Chicago for some reason. I don't know why, I'm just, I guess I'm not buying I it.
1: think I might I might just, like, want it. I think it'd be a fun yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, put him in, like, a Thibodeau system and, like, just, hey, what's going to happen there? Yeah. And, like, a, a roster of Derrick Rose, who might never be healthy again, um, but, like, Rose and, like, Jimmy Butler and Carmelo and Taj and Noah. Like, that's a that's a weird team, but, like, a really fun one. So I don't know. Was, I think it would be pretty cool.
0: was talking yesterday about Love in Houston. If Love went to Houston, arguably... <laughs> Well, I'm saying arguably, not definitely. No, I, want, I just wanted you to sing uh, loving
1: Houston is easy because you're beautiful. Oh, I'm not, Can you sing that?
0: No. Please? If he went there, <laughs> they would arguably have the best shooting guard, best power forward, and best center in the NBA. Right? I mean, that's arguable. Yeah. That, that would be, that's unbelievable.
1: I mean, uh, close. I, I don't, I think there's, I mean, I think Anthony Davis is in there,
0: which well, he's not and, the you know he's not now. Uh, in three years or two years, maybe, but not now. I guess not. And and Love is
1: pretty perfect next to Dwight.
0: Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm not saying all three guys are definite, but I'm saying all three guys would be yeah, in, the or, or, or in the conversation for yeah.
1: In the conversation, you wouldn't be like blown out of the water if you're like. How about this guy? But yeah, no, I get you. That'd be, that'd be ridiculous. That'd be insane. Speaking I don't f- know. What the, I'm excited to see what they can do with Chandler Parsons. There's our yeah,
0: chance. Yeah, there's our chance. So, so, you, so the thought here is twofold. The reason they decline the option on Parsons is that if they decline it now, he's restricted rather than being unrestricted next year. Yeah. So they do have a modicum of control over it now. But there is also the thought that they are opening up space for another max guy like anthony or love i guess my question is somebody i don't think it i don't i wouldn't do it but somebody's going to offer him i don't know what the max you can offer him is it's probably what the like the drew holiday max like like 14 million or something like that um that's not what drew got but like that max right it's got to be like 13 or 14 million a year for four years um somebody will offer him that right
1: I think that's a lot of money. I don't know.
0: I'd rather have him than Hayward or or Lance Stevenson or all those guys, right? I mean he ends up being I would. Right? He not counting LeBron, Bosch, Wade or any of those sort of free agents. He ends up being the top free agent in the NBA, doesn't he? I don't
1: I don't know. That's interesting because he's I don't think I think whatever team Gordon Hayward or sorry Chandler Parsons goes to, um, he will have less of a role than Stevenson and Hayward. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, maybe not so much Hayward, but definitely Stevenson. Could be close to Hayward. Um, I don't know what they're gonna get what, what he's gonna get. Um, if the like if the Sixers threw like four forty two at him I'd be excited about that. I I I like four forty four forty two for Chandler Parsons.
0: Yeah, that that would be he's the a, top. He's though. a guy
1: that I would that I would I wouldn't spend money on most guys right now. There's there's very few people that I'd spend money on, but Chandler fits in a lot of ways. Um, and and he's a guy that I, I'd pay right now after you trade that and run a you know whoever the three and ten. You know, at the at the two or the four, or the the whatever in there, and just like go go to work there. I mean, I think I think the perfect perfect scenario is, like, you know, even like Wiggins and Payne. and then you look at M C W Wiggins, Parsons, Payne, Noel, and that's like that's insane. That's incredible.
0: Yeah, as I, long as hell, I'd athletic. Be, I'd be cool with the ten million or so number, but. A year, but once it gets past that, I just yeah, I'm not, you know. He it, it didn't feel like from year two to year three. Are we talking about now or year three? From last year to this year, I don't know that I saw like much of a jump in in what I watched, and a lot well, of that it, is it system too.
1: Yeah, they were they were figuring, they were figuring things out.
0: Yeah, huh. yeah. He is, he, and he is, he is big. You know what I mean? Like he's tall. He's a and long, yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
1: I've I've always liked I've I've always loved Parsons. Coming out of Florida, I liked him a lot. Um, because it just felt like he was always like fifteen seven and seven. At Florida, I was like, he's more like when people give him credit for. And he went the second round, and he's been good, and that's great. I'm happy about it. I don't want to. Sp- I'm, I'm having a Nutri-Grain bar. That's fine. There you talking go. Like there.
0: I don't want to spend a long time talking about Doug Collins's. Uh, all right, no, bring it. Bullshit. On, bring it. Rap, rap lyric.
1: Bring
0: the pain. All right, I, I just, I don't want to spend any time trashing him. I don't want to spend any time trashing anybody. I do want to say though, he's not a hater anymore. Mike's not hating. I'm not hating. I will say though, like they had that planned out. That's first. You thing. think? Yeah, I don't.
1: Dude, I, I don't think so. I don't know. First of I'm all, a naive, I'm a naive little boy. The, no, I don't think. I don't think it was because. Because the look of excitement on Jalen's face, and like how, um,
0: oh, what's her name? Oh, um, Sky Star, whatever her name is. Oh, that's rough. Uh, that's rough. What, isn't it something like that? Um, what's it? NBA count. This is that the show countdown. Sage Steele. People Steel. are listening to, people are listening to, listen to this
1: is yelling her name. Sage Steel, That's it. Um, <laughs> what I call. What I or call Sky Star. I thought it was fine. That's that's really tough. The look of like, like disgust on her face is just like, oh fuck, god damn it. Was like felt like she at least she wasn't in on it. So well, you know what helps? Maybe maybe Jalen said he would do it before, but that's still pretty cool.
0: What helps me? What helps me not like it is that I'm so out on Jalen. Like like Jalen's so busy trying to like. Like get catchphrases to come on, yeah. like he's always going. Like he, I, when somebody's going fast, he, he makes some like Indiana Pacers like car noise, and it, he's really he's really bad. He is the worst. I yeah, really I dislike bad. him more than I dislike Doug, but I just think it was funny that you were all like, "All right, Doug, it's all cool." Like just yeah. just minutes after or days after, you were in my office and. <laughs> Uh, long story short I do have a Doug Collins thing hanging in my office it's not just a straight Doug Collins thing but I have a thing hanging up in my office and you were like oh Doug Collins and I was like ah yeah it was better times you were like there were never better times
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I got I got this dark look on my face (laughs) sudden, the lights went out you were like calling Uh,
0: me out
1: basically I was I will I'll do it again no uh you know you know how this happens um I'll get I'll, I'll like I'll go too hard on somebody they're like, hey, I feel a little bit bad. Yeah. Look how good we look how good things are now. Things are great. It's alright. You know? It's alright, Doug. Like we're good now. Like aside from the all night thing in the first round picks, we're good now. Like we're 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 in we're in solid hands and we wouldn't have gotten here if Doug didn't fucking suck so bad. So we did. We we live and learn. He's gone. And we're, we've grown because of it. We had some funny times. We had some laughs. We got the jigsaw because of him. Right. Like, things are okay. Um, but I really, I mean, Birdman, what happened to that boy? Uh, that is like in my sweet spot of like early 2000s rap. Like that's right, that's right there for me. Like Rough Riders Anthem, like that's right. Right. That's right there for me. And so the fact that, I mean, like, he could have quoted like other rap songs and I'd be like, whatever, man, fuck you. But like, that one for me was like, this is all right. Like, let's do it. We're good. Let's go, Doug.
0: Before, before we get to the jigsaw, the last thing I wanted to touch on, the the Sixers are doing a thing. We, we touched on the, the possibility of a draft party last time. Yeah. The Sixers announced yesterday that they will be basically supporting 76 draft parties around the region, uh, which means about two people per draft party, but still <laughs> – like and it's good for them. If you if you want to be a part of it, they'll send you like a package of shirts and t shirts and a pair of tickets to give away. And if you just the information's all in Sixers dot com. I think you reach out to Rebecca Timms and if you want to host your own party, they'll basically support it and they they want to um you know, just have everyone be able to have their own party, which is a good idea. Um, I guess. But the the we will not unless you feel differently. I basically, I just don't want to put in the work to do a draft party. And so I don't think we're going to do a draft party. I will say that that evening, I'll say in the podcast that week, I'll say where I'm going. I'll, I'll go somewhere. Maybe I'll tell the, if the LB guys want to come and we can all go somewhere. But I don't want to turn it into a big thing again. It's just too much. It feels like work. And it was very fun, but it was a lot of work. And I just, I don't have it in me right now. So that's, that's where I am on the draft party.
1: I don't have, I don't have time to like to like think about it yeah i like it's all for me it's just like all draft yeah like writing about the draft thinking about the draft to think about like planning something that's not like like about the draft but about like the experience of the draft
0: yeah I just
1: it's like and it, it's, it's, I'm not like it's like time is already too pat like too gone, and I'm like I don't know I got I gotta if I can, like who are we going to get at three and ten? Like that's all. Like I'm exploring trade scenarios. I'm I'm mailing things into the Sixers blindly. Hey guys, what about this? And I like put it in the mail, and like Hinky probably doesn't open it, and they throw it out. Yeah, that's, and that's it's what, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing with my time.
0: And I'm not saying it's like running the country or anything, but it was it's, more. It almost is like running. A no, I'm I'm saying I'm saying the the putting on the 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 party. It no, was. It is. It's, was it was it. it was more it wasn't the most work ever but it was more work than it appeared. Let's put it that way. It was like, <laughs> you know, so me you, and Sean had to email like a couple times.
1: <laughs> I don't got time for that.
0: Dude, I was putting together trade deals and uh, whatever. But the the the, the, uh, the thing I will say though is that wherever I go like, I'll, I just want to make sure Pavorski is also there. So even all if right. it's at my house, I'm going to make sure Pavorski is
1: there. Well, That's give him an the internet connection because somebody's got to write about it. Yeah, last yeah, year, yeah. Last year, Tanner uh, Tanner was on, like, the, like, updates. So, like, yeah. for any draft updates or draft tapes.
0: I got a brand new MacBook Pro. So Good.
1: he can use it. Well, no, but last year, here's the deal. If you remember the, all the second round stuff last year. Oh, yeah. So, the Fixers drafted Nate Walters and Tanner writes an article about Nate Walters. Like, as he publishes that, the Sixers traded it for Glenn Rice Jr. Okay, so Glenn Rice Jr. got it. And he writes that. As he publishes that, it's Ricky Lido. And it's like, okay, wait a second. They publish for Ricky Lido, and then they trade it, and then they get nothing except for next year. And Tanner is just, like, exhausted, and he's never doing it again. So we got to get someone uh, that's a little less less jaded about it this year. It's pretty fun.
0: You ready for a Jigsaw? Then i got to get out of here. Okay. Let's do it. We
1: cover, we cover everything?
0: Yeah, mostly. We'll do a couple more before the draft. If we didn't cover anything. If there's something we didn't cover. Yeah. I'd want to play again. There he is, your best buddy. That's my friend. I want to hear I'd what Doug thinks about. Play again. What's that?
1: I want to hear what Doug thinks about.
0: Lark. I'd want to play again. Lark. Lark. All right. Blood. I feel like this one is so good that I must have given it to you before. But assuming I haven't, here we go. Your two choices are this. One of these two things you have for the rest of your years. You either have terrible breath like morning breath all day long, can't get rid of it or bad acne.
1: Ugh. There's
0: the acne on your face.
1: On my body too, or just my face?
0: Maybe some on your back.
1: So I got face acne and back acne.
0: Yeah, for the rest of my life. Or just wicked bad breath.
1: Uh, I almost. I, I think I want to say, um, give me the acne. His bad breath is like really rough. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing that's like at least at least with acne, it's like you can work on it. Yeah. Maybe I'll wear makeup. Like you can like conceal a little bit. Like if it's dark, then like okay, I'm in alright.
0: You're gonna find a girl to look past the acne. You're not gonna find a girl to look past the halitosis. No. Yeah.
1: No. This bad breath is bad breath. Uh. Yeah. It's rough. It's yeah. Really, really rough. I hate. There's nothing that turns me off quicker than like. Well, smell is very important. Yeah. But, like, bad breath, it's like, oh, no, stop. And you can't say, like, brush your teeth quickly. Yeah. Like, hey, do you, like do you want a piece of gum? Like, hey, do you want to go to the dentist together? Like, that's the kind of thing that, like, I'd be like, oh, fuck.
0: Do you so want to go to the more dentist together? way of
1: being like, yo, breath, bad. So, like, anyone.
0: So, you're going with the acne? So I'll go with the acne, yeah. Well done. All right. I got to go. Great podcast. Hey, man. Work. I miss seeing you. Miss seeing you too. Miss your hand on my hand. Yeah, always. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> All right, see Like I said, won't your head, son? Don't
1: take a second. Check it out now. Come on while I wreck it. Like I said,